Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. Habs Unfiltered is featured on The Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio. This podcast brings you honest and in-depth hockey discussion and entertainment. Our hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudvay, are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 180. I'm your host, Blaine Putney. I'm joined now by my co-hosts, Treg Wilson. Uh, and Matt Smith. Good evening. Matt is on the road again. I am. Where are you? I'm in Ottawa right now. Ew. <laughs> Did you lose a bet? No. I flew in. I flew in last night. So are you are you buying the senators? I could probably afford them, probably. <laughs> They're on such a low budget. You probably could. I'm sure people would be happier with me as an owner than Melnick. So, I believe the term is anybody but Melnick. <laughs> I'll be back home on Friday. That's right, Trenton. Keep an eye out for Matt. He is on his way. I'm coming back. Warning. Do you have a warning label on your car? No. You should. I should. Trenton <laughs> is famous for two Air Force guys. Oh, Jesus. Matt Smith and a man by the name of Williams. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, Both for almost the same thing, but different. <laughs> I'm trying not to get my panties in a bunch on this one. Oh, oh my. Hey-o. For those who don't get that really dark gallows humor, please don't even bother Googling it. It would really disturb you. It really would. Um, And we'll probably lose viewers. Well, I mean, we are in the military. We do have a little bit of a gallows humor. It's all in, it's all good natured. So yeah. Anyhow, this episode is our mailbag episode. We uh, we've gotten, the three of us have all been a little bit on holiday. Matt traveling around New Brunswick, Treg. Uh, did you go to a different gym? I do. I go to two gyms now. Yeah. Went to a holiday at a different gym. 
And I saw, uh, I saw that you I saw that you were in the valley with your wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we went down to the lookout there just to die of the heat. And that's... then uh, as soon as you get out of your car, it was like you lost your breath and heat. She took didn't a quick push you off the uh, the lookout. You know what? We went to a place that's called the Look and Lick. Uh, <laughs> a lot of looking. It sounds like ice an ice cream, cream parlor. Okay, it is. It's what it is. It's right across the street from the lookout there. That you can see the whole valley. And I said to the wife, well, we just looked. And she said, let's go home. And it that didn't have the reaction I thought it was going to have. So. I'm guessing it's the reaction I thought it was going to have. Whereas you guys got a lot of looking and that's it. That's it. We looked. I, she didn't push me off the, the hill there or the cliff or whatever it was, which was a shock to me. True um, love right there. And that was our anniversary. It was their anniversary on Sunday, so we went Saturday. Happy third anniversary. Six. Is it six years married now? Yeah. Like 27 together, together? 22 together, six married. Well, 22. There's a break in between there, but 22 married. <laughs> she took a break. And who can yeah, blame her? Who can blame her? I think another one's coming up soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Matt, your, your, your holiday in New Brunswick must have been nice. It was fantastic. It was nice to be around family for the first time in almost two years. Actually got to see your mother. That's right. Yeah, got to see my my, my, my mom, my dad, my brother's now posted to Gagetown. I saw him for probably the first time in three years. So yeah, it was good to be around and, you know, eat some authentic East Coast food and, you know, just. Uh, they have that in New Brunswick? They do, yeah. No, it was, it was a really good visit. That was really was. I'm looking forward to uh, the next time we'll be able to see everybody again. Awesome. And hopefully I went you won't have, hopefully you won't have to wait another two years. That's what hopefully. they, that's what they told me when they gave me a hug at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And instead of uh, going traveling around, I just, uh, I took the family into the woods and went camping. Falls Lake. Falls Lake. Not a tent in a cottage like a proper human being let's not let's not mention tents today here in nova scotia so <laughs> yeah we're gonna glaze over that one uh all right so the mailbag episode we're gonna go into this now uh but before we do we're going to bring up one piece of housekeeping ads on jerseys it's been announced that the uh the nhl is going to allow one patch for an ad on jerseys next season not this season that's about to start the season following this 20 uh 2022 2023 so treg you have the least controversial take on this or most it depends on who you are what's your take i, I don't care it doesn't bother me at all i think it's going to be just like the helmets people are going to make a big fuss about it and then that's it it, once they see it's just this little tiny thing right i think it's going on the shoulder above the where the letter goes um, it, it, the team could decide where it goes okay sure and i don't think anyone's going to care now is it going to lead to other ads maybe probably but uh it's the way sports is going every sport is doing it i mean you watch a uh english football there and you don't even see the team logo that's all you see is the advertisement i, I don't even see that because i don't watch the games you're not cultured enough, Matt. That's why. <laughs> um, but 
I, I think I will have an issue with it if the ads start taking over. Yeah. Um, but as of right now, for one little ad on the shirt, it's no different than the little Adidas thing that you see on there already anyway to me. So it doesn't really matter. Matt, what about you? Well, there's supposed to be a th- what, three by three and a half or something that, 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 that same, the logo needs to go Same in. size as the NBA advertising. No, it's bigger than the NBA. The NBA is only about two, two and a half. I think it's oh, okay. two and a half the NBA. So it's a little bit bigger than the uh, the NBA's. If they keep it tasteful, I, I, I don't want them, to be honest. It is all about revenue and obviously lost revenue because of COVID. But, um, you know, I'm not a fan of them, obviously. Um, we're going to see, you know, there's 32 teams now. We're going to see um, different sponsors, different this, different that. So some of them are probably going to be pretty funny. Um, I'm gonna go out yep. on a li- go out on a limb and say that Montreal's will probably be Molson or Bell. Well, they already have Bell's Bell on the helmet. helmet. Bell's, Bell's on, on the helmet, and it won't be Saint Hub. It ain't gonna be Saint Hubert for sure because if Mayo ever gets a Habs jersey, that's just gonna be controversy, right? So, um, <laughs> so, um, so, so with that, I, I. I I'm kind of on the same thing with Treg. Like, I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of it. But as long as they keep it tasteful, it doesn't take over. Um, as I said, it's probably going to be Molson for the Canadians. It, it, it's a big money maker. They they made over a hundred million dollars uh, league wide just for just for the little ones on the helmet. So, I said, as long as it doesn't take over and start looking like European jerseys, then uh, I'll probably be okay with it. But I, I'm just hoping that it you know, the next year, it's not like, okay, we're going to add another, or we're going to add, you know, this is the main automotive sponsor for the NHL. So we're going to add that to all the jerseys, or we're going to add, you know, uh, visa, or we're going to add whatever to all the jerseys. And then they said, it just, you don't, you don't want to clutter up, especially Canadian jersey. You don't want to clutter it up. However, there is already talks that, uh, that the Leafs, are going to start putting their logo on other teams' jerseys so they can make it past the se- into the second round. The Habs are putting their logo on the Leafs' jersey because they own them. <laughs> I would love to see a billionaire put some money down to put ads on their Leafs' jerseys and just write, it was 3-1. That would be nice. <laughs> Pornhub. I want Pornhub. I want Pornhub to throw money at the Seattle Kraken and just put, like, Actually, I think Pornhub's Canadian, so it's probably I think it's out of Toronto. Oh, there um, you go. So there you go. Pornhub's Pornhub. are, Pornhub's a Habs fan. There that's right. That's right. Actually, yeah. yeah. Pornhub on the Habs jersey. That's perfect for me. Yep. Brazzers on the Carolina jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'll have it. He's gonna go wild. He's yeah. like, what? Now I can pay Sebastian Zaho as a, a bonus. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> um, I. I... I don't like it. I don't like the ads on the jerseys. I just don't. I didn't like them on the helmets. Um, I think it's a slippery slope. And I do believe that this, this coming year, they're going to start with one patch and then a second one the following year. And then a f- another one and another one. It's just going to start piling up. You're going to have ads on pants, on socks, on gloves, sticks, all of it. And uh, it's coming. It's all part of hockey related revenue. So the PA is involved. The players get their cut. And I understand that they're trying to maximize, you know, hockey revenues and and I get it. But if, um, as long as when you buy a Jersey, 
you're not buying all the friggin' ads on it because the ads can change from year to year. Like we mentioned, uh, like Premier League soccer. Every year they get a new main sponsor. So the team gets a new jersey with the sponsor on it. And you got the crest that's about the size of a dime. And you got a Chevrolet logo that takes up yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'd like to avoid all that if possible. Um, but it's coming. After a while, enough is enough. You know, you see the you see the ads that are around the boards. They've always been there. You're seeing more on the ice. You're seeing those virtual ads now that are behind the goal, that are behind the nets, or even sometimes that are on the ice. And you're like, how do these skate through that? Right. I'm fully expecting a mid, like a mid game advertisement from one of the players who pops up on the bench. And there's a, there's a GoPro camera on him. My name is bill Bob jr. And I (laughs) X bar or whatever, you know, I was going to say one thing blank. Technically there's already, uh, advertising on sticks and gloves like you know ccm where just saying sorry yeah they uh no, no, they, but, you, but it's but they're, they're i'm just making they're, you know what i mean right so yeah. i like, like i say this patch thing doesn't bother me if it gets out of hand okay then it's gonna look kind of tacky and stupid but i don't watch hockey for the jersey i watch hockey for the, for the game and, you know yeah but when the, just when the the ads are more flashy than the jerseys and they, i they just distract. think I just think it'll take away from some of the uh, classic jerseys, like the Leafs jersey, the Canadians jersey, the Bruins jersey, the Rangers jersey. If you're gonna t- if you're gonna take away from that, then yeah, now you're kind of you don't see baseball throwing ads all over their jerseys because baseball is called the the you know the, the classic game or the whatever. And I don't they have no intentions. Of course, baseball makes about forty billion dollars a minute. So. Um, um, We'll see. We'll see what happens. Right now, the patch doesn't bother me. I'm like I'm like you, Matt. I don't I don't like it, but it, it's not going to bother me. If they go any further than that, shut her down. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we'll leave it at that. We'll let uh, we'll let our listeners decide for themselves. And all I can say is I hope that you can purchase your jerseys and your memorabilia without all the freaking ads on it. Uh, all right, now to the mailbag. We received a few questions from some uh, very avid listeners, and we really appreciate all the interactions that we've had with you and the questions you guys have sent in. Um, we're going to start with the first one, and it's from, I'm trying to get it here, from JMC in the 613. Uh, and their question is, Amid the chatter on the Habs' recent moves and their effect on playoff contention, by what margin has the division's toughness rating increased during this offseason? So my interpretation of that is they're they're kind of asking just how difficult the Atlantic is going to be this year now that everything's been returned to its normal alignment. Uh, We'll start with you, Matt. What do you think of JMC and the 613's question? It's going to be a very competitive division. And uh, honestly, I don't think the Canadians are done making moves. I don't know what that move is going to be. Um, you got to think that maybe they're looking at a top four defenseman. Maybe they're looking at a center. If they don't necessarily trust uh, the unsigned uh, Cockney Emmy. Uh, you look at the Florida Panthers and uh, they're just getting better. 
Toronto, I think they're going to be right where they were last year. They might even take a step back. Who knows? They're a regular season team. They can't do anything in the playoffs. Um, uh, Tampa, you know, you've got uh, you've got Braden Point, you've got Kucherov, you've got Veseleski, you've got Hedman, arguably some of the best players in the league. Yes, they lost a lot of their depth, but they went out and they signed some guys, and they've got guys that are upcoming as well. Uh, the Boston Bruins, who took a step back or kind of took a step back, they went out, they made a bunch of signings. Uh, we'll see what Allmark does when it comes to um, when it comes to uh, to the goaltending position with Rask out. It's it's going to be tough. It is going to be really tough. Uh, you you lose a guy like Shea Weber, you bring a guy in like Hoffman, you bring a guy back like Drouin. If the if he can have a bounce back season, I can't see uh, I can't see why the Canadians can't make the playoffs. But it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a battle for sure, and I think it's gonna be one of the uh, the toughest divisions in hockey this year. It's all because even even the Senators, if the like the Senators have one more year of being together, have the young guys, et cetera, and um, towards the end of the season last year they were playing some pretty good hockey and, and not to mention they have the greatest player ever drafted in the history of humanity in uh <laughs> you know in Kachuk. Victor Mete. <laughs> him too but, I said, well, but like to, to answer the question it's going to be uh it's going to be a battle i think throughout the season and i think they're really going to have to uh when they play within the division they're going to have to uh play that much harder to get those to get those points especially against those those other teams like against uh tampa toronto boston and florida those are the team those are the teams you're going to want to beat and you're not going to want to get beat by buffalo ottawa or uh, detroit what about you treg what do you think of the competition in the atlantic i think it's going to be i think it's it's kind of cut in half. You, you have some really bad teams, Detroit and Buffalo, who I don't think will be very good teams at all. Mind you, Detroit owns the Canadians. But well, they just picked up Delkovich for almost nothing because somebody didn't want to pay him three million bucks. They did, but their defense is still suspect. They're still a young team up forward. I just don't think they have what it takes. Ottawa, I don't think Ottawa is going to be as good this year as they were last year. Uh, I think their youth is going to get more healthier, but I don't think they want to be as good as they were last year either. I still think they want to draft well. I don't think Boston's going to be as good as they were last year. If you thought Boston was a, a one-line team to come in into this year, they're definitely a one-line team now with Krejci taking off or uh, going away. Uh, all but Coyle's going to take over, I guess, as the second center. Um, they have absolutely no defense. Uh, their defense has been decimated. Well, I mean, they and got then, McAvoy there. He can he can eat up a lot of minutes. The, the, their top four are, I think their top four are okay. Nothing nothing great, but okay. But and they have no goaltending. Well, Allmark. That's a Allmark massive is, question mark. Allmark That's... is is he is he crappy because he was in Buffalo or is he just well he wasn't that crappy in Buffalo, but he didn't have any support in Buffalo. <laughs> But I don't think he's going to have much support in Boston with their defense either. So, and are they going to rely on him for the full, the full season? Because they don't really have a backup. Their backup is that rookie guy that came in last year. So, uh, Toronto, I don't think Toronto's as good as they were last year either. I really don't. Uh, I think 
I think Hyman was a huge loss. Yeah. Um, I don't think Rich, I don't think Richie and uh, Blunden or whatever the hell his name is uh, uh, that they said. I don't think they're gonna. I mean, it's I not what I read on TSN. I read that they yeah. are going to light the league up. I talked to a couple buddies from that were Boston fans, and they were not Richie fans. So, yeah. and Nick Richie played on the second line. Um, not to mention he's he's not exactly the most fleet of foot. Hyman could skate. He was yes. able to keep up with guys like Marner and Matthews and and Tavares. I I I don't know how well he's going to be able to keep up with the pace that they play at. Um, in regards to your question, I think Montreal has a good chance of making. It. I think Florida and Tampa are going to be the toughest teams in that division. To be honest with you, yeah, I think so too. And and, and Florida is going to come down to whether Bobrovsky is. Bobrovsky of three years ago or Bobrovsky now? It's looking that's, right. That's, it's, it's looking right that, now that he's going to be the backup and it'll be Spencer Knight that's going to be in goal. But is Spencer Knight going to be able to carry the weight? He's a rookie. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So Montreal, to me, I don't think Montreal's worse than they were last year. Everyone thinks they're going to be worse, and I, I don't think so. Injured West, Savard is going to be just as good defensively and offensively as what Weber was last year. He's not yeah. going to be the Weber. He's not going to be the Weber that we got, but he's not going to be worse than what Weber was last year. Uh, he brings, we he brings the same style of defense. He brings the same – he can play the same minutes on the penalty kill, five on he five. He just doesn't have the offense. He doesn't have the offense. That's right. But what, 11 of Weber's 19 points are on the power play, and that's where you have Mike Hoffman coming in. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. Right? So Mike Hoffman's taking care of Weber's offense. On and you're also play. going to have a full season of Caulfield. Full season know, of and Caulfield. You, and you know he's going to want to shoot the puck a lot. Druid's back. I just did an article on line predictions. I think we have a question that's coming up. About, yeah, we'll get to uh, that after. Yeah, so yeah. we'll get to that later. But Montreal's very deep and very talented on the wings. They are. And as long as their center group can weather the storm, if they don't get another center, they should be okay. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be. I agree. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you guys. I... The, the the Atlantic division is going to be the toughest division, I think, in the NHL, but the Canadians aren't out of their out of their depth. No, they're, they're not. There's going to be five teams fighting for those three main spots, but the ones that miss out on those three spots are going to be in hard on those two wildcard positions. I fully expect that the the two Two of the three, uh, two of the five teams that are named will end up in the, in both wild card positions in the Eastern Conference. So I, I, my my expectation is to see five playoff teams out of the Atlantic this year. Yeah, I, I, the Metropolitans. Uh, it's going to be interesting. A hard go. Yeah, yeah. No team's really great, but no team's really bad. I fully see the Islanders taking that division next year. Mm-hmm. They got a deep team. Yeah. Yeah. Now, making the playoffs, I think, is fully within the Canadians' uh, abilities with what they have. Yep. Making noise in the playoffs—that's a whole other—that's a whole other thing right now. Um, but for now, I, I'm I'm going to go with you guys. I, the question about the difficulty in this division—I think it's a valid one. It's going to be a tough division. The Canadians are going to have to really feast on the, those bottom dwelling teams and yet Detroit's going to have some problems. You're going to have to take advantage of the, the defense there. 
You have to take advantage of Ottawa's um, the holes in Ottawa's uh, lineup because they're going to make sure they have them. I don't see Murray being much of a, uh, of a factor this year. So, you know, you got to take advantage of those points when you get them. Um, so, yeah. Gonna be and a then, tough division, but it's and not, then, it's and then not Buffalo, out of the- And then Buffalo is just like, you yeah. look at their team right now, head on over to catfriendly.com and check them out. Uh, well, they're um, tanking on purpose. And right? check out their team and see how much you laugh. They're tanking. It's Shane Wright uh, next year going first overall, and they're obviously tanking. Eichel's not going to be uh, reporting to that team this year. That's what they're trying to do. They're going to try to get him and then then they know that they can't tank again for another X amount of years. So then they'll be like, uh, well, maybe we can get second. Wow. Maybe we can get second overall. <laughs> yeah. Buffalo will never, ever, 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 ever be a relevant team in the NHL. Heard it here first. Yeah. Not if they keep firing their GM every two to three years. All right. So um, moving on to the next question, we have a question from, Housebenders1, Josh Anderson's left toe is the name they go by right now. Will the Habs make the playoffs? And if so, who would miss? So I kind of of went at that one. Uh, I kind of answered in my point of view that I think those five teams that we mentioned, Tampa, Florida, Toronto, Boston, Montreal, I think they're all going to make the playoffs. I think the, uh, the question is, do the Canadians somehow earn that third spot or do they become a wildcard team? And that's where they're at. They're in that bubble, in my opinion. Uh, Matt, what do you think? I could see them possibly pushing for third. Um, I could see them possibly pushing for third, but I could see them as probably a first wildcard team. That's what I, that's what I would think. Okay. Treg? Yeah, I think they can compete for third. Like I say, I don't think Boston and Toronto are as good as people think they're going to be. Uh, and that's nothing against Toronto. Toronto's still going to be a playoff team. Don't get me wrong, Toronto fans. Don't go all freaking crazy on me here. Don't get triggered. Um, Again. But uh, I think if someone's going to miss out of the Atlantic, I think it'll be Boston. Like if, if say, a wild card comes out of the uh, Metropolitan, I think it's going to be Boston. I think Boston's on that curb of – Coming from contender, contender, we're not so much contender anymore. Now we're we're going to have to start rebuilding again. That, that's where I think they're at. Yeah, I think I think Boston to to really make some noise are going to have to make a move at center because I don't see Charlie Coyle being able to fill Krejci's shoes. Uh, if any one of that top line goes down, they're 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 going to be desperate, and especially you know, if it's Bergeron. Yeah, and well, Bergeron and Bergeron has injury issues, so it's possible. All right, the next question. This is uh, it's going to be directed about uh, to the minor leagues, and it comes from Ivar Ritt or our friend Beth from the Happy Hour. How do you expect the Rocket to do under their new head coach? So JF Ull comes in as the new head coach. Um, Treg. What do you? Th- how do you think he's going to do? Well, Elizabeth, um, I think he'll do all right. I have no issue with Hole in there. Uh, I think they have a good basis to their team. 
Uh, it all depends on who's going to be there next year. Uh, I think Paling is going to make the NHL, so that's going to be a little bit of a hole for them. He's a point per almost a point per game player uh, for them last year. Uh, Primo, this is the year for Primo to be the number one guy there for a full season. Uh, McNevin's going to be a capable backup. Uh, Lindgren, the, the Lindgren's now gone, so they don't have to worry about losing games. Lindgren, oh my God, we lost. Let's just take a moment to soak in the fact that Charlie Lindgren's gone. I wonder if he can find the puck in another arena. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, it's always know, I in the net, strong, so it's easy to find. I think they're going to be a strong, deep team. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if guys like uh, my sec or that make the team. He's at 19 years old now, so he can play on the team. I doubt he will, but uh, he can it'd be play. interesting to see. He can play because yeah, he played. Same. Yeah. He played, yeah, but uh, it'll be interesting. Makes a team. Uh, see where Videmo goes. I don't think they're going to be as strong as they were last year, but I still think they're going to be a playoff team and be a be a, a fairly good team in the, in the AHL. Matt, what do you, how well, do you think he's going to do? I think as a coach, I think he'll be just fine. Obviously, there's going to be new uh, there's going to be new tactics in place and everything, and and, and uh, obviously with a coaching change at that level. Um, from your from your head coach and your assistant, there's going to be some changes that are going to be made, but they're bringing back a lot of the same guys, um, and then pretty much any other Quebec-born player join the team. So, I, I think they're going to do fine. But I, I, I'm with Treg. I don't I don't know if they're going to be the uh, the division leading or division winning team that we saw. But if, uh, if Primo can play the way that he did last year and the team can kind of rally the way that they did, um, I can I can see them I can see them doing just fine, and and I can see them making a run making a run in the playoffs. And it's and, and, and it's going to depend if uh, if Paling's their top center and he doesn't make the Canadians roster, well, there's a. Uh, they're, you know, you're already on there. You're already on the right foot in Laval for winning a couple extra games just based on his talent alone. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, a new influx of talent coming to Laval. They're, they're holding on to a lot of the, the core that was there last year, but they've, uh, they've made some changes, especially in defense uh, on the right side. They've added some names. Um, Who's going to have uh, his hands full juggling that that veteran rule? They're allowed to play six veterans, and who plays? Where do they play? Depends on what prospects are are there. So if if Misak Mishak is on the roster, you don't want to you don't want to block his progression. And I'm going to predict that Paling does not make the roster in camp for the sole reason that he is waiver exempt and Videmo yeah. is not. So to avoid losing Videmo, they're going to, they're going to send Paling down. So I think the start of the season, Paling's going to be that number one center for Laval. He's going to get a ton of ice time in all situations. They're going to have a really good start to the year. Uh, the, the problem starts when, Paling gets called up because he will get called up at some point this season. I fully expect him to be a Montreal Canadian full-time by the end of the year. So how Hood handles that. But overall, I think Hood's going to do a good job. He, he, um, 
he worked in Bakersfield for the last six to eight years as the assistant. He knows what he's doing as a coach, as a head coach. He knows how to manage the bench. Um, the systems are going to be basically what the Canadians are using. So he, for him, it's really roster manipulation at this point. That's going to be the, the key for him. And I don't think he's going to have too much of a hard time with it. So he, he, he got a couple good assistants too. So he, yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I hope that answers your question, Beth. Moving on to the next one. Habs fan for life. The power horse asks, will the Habs acquire another center before the start of the year? And if so, who, if not, do we see KK at two C and Palin get a center role? Uh, I'm going to start with you, Treg, because you wrote a giant article about this that uh, said nothing. I mean, it was poorly written. It was horrible. I don't know how you live with yourself, but you know, I'm going to give you the opportunity to fix uh, fix it all right now. I know. I put the demon seed of Montreal on the first line, and people have lost their minds over it. I think KK does get the 2C if no one's brought in. Uh, Going by the roster right now, I disagree with the paling thing with you, Blaine, although I do understand your points for because of the waiver thing. I think paling gets the 3C. I think he's going to have a good camp. he did have a good camp last year as well. They just uh, didn't go with him. I want to be clear, uh, though. I do agree that he's going to end up there by the end of the oh, year. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I get, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not, um, I can see it going either way. I just, I just think he's going to start. Um, if they get a center, I think it's going to be someone like Dvorak. Uh, that's been the rumors going around. I don't think it's going to be anyone major. It's not going to be Eichel. It's not going to be this. Could be Sidney Crosby. I'm pretty sure Bergman's working on a deal for Sidney Crosby right now. Uh, E5. It's an E5. That's my, I think it's going to be one of those uh, Chicago trades where Crosby just goes to Montreal and no one goes to Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, if they get someone to be someone like Dvorak, it'll be, it'll be maybe re-sign Eric Stahl. It'll be a really uh, veteran middle range to two, three, two C, three C type center. So that if cotton enemy struggles, you can swap them with the other guy. Uh, if not, and I truly think they're, I kind of think they're not going to get a center. I think they're going to get a, a, a big top four defenseman. Um, I think you're going to see uh, Suzuki KK paling and Evans down the middle, a very young, young, Evans will be the eldest guy in the whole uh, center group. So that's what I think you're going to have. Next to Pocket, of course. Yeah. I don't think Pocket's going to play center. I think he's going to be a, I think he's going to be one of the 12th, 13th, 14th guy. Matt? The way it's rolling right now, I think that you're going to see him likely as the 2C. And it'll be Suzuki as the number one, as Drake said. With Evans at the third, I, I think Evans, the, the his his the game his progression is just is taken, you know, in, in the next step, and I'm hoping what happens with uh, with Paling is going to be something similar. That he'll be able to take yeah. his experiences from being in Laval and being, say, one of the guys, one of the top guys in Laval, and being able to uh, to bring over some of that defensive responsibility and start, you know, start on the top or start on the bottom six and then potentially work your way up through hard work. And uh, with, with the coaching staff the Canadians have, 
it, it can it can definitely happen. I think they'll do a pairing what they did with KK. Put him on the third line and let him let him go from there. That, that's what I think will happen. I won't be surprised if he starts in Laval or whatever. But that, it, that's what I think. I do. I do agree with your uh, waiver exemption thing. Depending on how mm-hmm. strong his camp is going to be, if they do pick up a center, though, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if I if we saw them uh, kind of circle back to an Eric Stahl or. Um, there's not there's not too many out there to be honest like, there's like on the ufa side there's not really that many out there no um like Sezikis is still available we're pretty much guaranteed that he's going to end up going back to the islanders and uh bonito yeah. is bonino still, uh, still available no bonino signed with somebody i don't know who i think minnesota maybe or bozak I, sorry bozak's still available bozak's still available yeah so, so that's I would a think... guy i think that maybe Maybe. I would think maybe one of the two, especially since Bozak played in St. Louis and so did Allen, so did uh, Edmondson. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, and the way I, the way, the, yeah, in Hoffman, yeah. The way I see it though, right now, I'll go with, uh, I'll go with, uh, he'll likely be the 2C and uh, hopefully be able to take his game to the next level. Yeah, I, I, I do fully expect that uh, KK is going to be the 2C. I'm pretty sure. Uh, the only reason it hasn't been said out loud is because they're negotiating his his bridge deal right now, and they don't want to give too much uh, too much ammunition to his uh, to his uh, agent to jack up the cost a little bit because it's going to be a bridge deal. We all agreed, we're all in be. agreement that Definitely we expect be. yeah we expect a bridge deal, but they don't want it too high. So my guess is around two and a half. They're trying to get him there. Um, not much is going on right now, but I think it has a lot more to do with the fact that they're giving him some space to be at home, to train, and to spend time with his dad, who was diagnosed with cancer. So they're, they're giving him a little bit of space. There's no major rush to sign him. Um, as a, you know, Unlike what uh, Mitch Gallo uh, on TSN Radio is talking about, Carolina is not going to sign him to an offer sheet no. for, for two reasons. He wouldn't want to sign in Carolina. And Carolina's too cheap. They let Nedeljkovic go for a third round pick dollars. and a UFA for God's sakes. Yeah, and they only signed for three and a half million. They didn't want to go to three million on him. They're like, well, we'll give you one and a half. Well, this is your goalie of the future, and you won't even sign him to a bridge deal worth three million bucks. Like, what? The... Yeah, Come on. Hey, they have Freddie Anderson now. <laughs> good for them hey i just want to say speaking of uh, rfas and uh, offer sheets elias Patterson is uh right for the picking if you want no seriously they still gonna sign him and uh boat boat uh bozer what's his name brock besser brock besser and they only have ten and a half million dollars and they're one player over the roster limit right for the picking Offer sheet, ALS Patterson, high as he can get him. Get rid of your first round picks for the next four years. Done. Okay. I'll throw another name out there, Derek Broussard. Yeah, I was just seeing that. I'm looking at the UFAs. Broussard's out there too. 34. Francophone. There's, There's your veteran guy. Francophone. Zach Smith. Zach Smith's available. Not Francophone. Ryan Donato. Not a Francophone. Donato. 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 Uh, Travis Zajac. Zajac. 
no, I, I fully expect him in uh, back in the island. Who? Zay Jack. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. No, I, I think... Uh, well, I'm just throwing names out there. Yeah. I'm just saying. That's the type of center they're going to get if they're going to get a center. Yeah. And, and uh, they're going after Francophones so that they can placate a certain par- a portion of the fan base and distract from the, this past summer's first round pick. Let, let's be brutally honest. They're doing a little bit of a PR thing. Now, sign, uh, getting Pocket and, and uh, Pedro, and so I mean, those are good signings. They're good signings. They, they fill a need. You add some francophones. The Savard signing was an excellent signing. People expected a lot more money going his way, but he, he basically took the Edmondson deal so that he can go back home. Okay. Um, that's all. That's great. At, at least with the PR moves that they're making, they're making PR moves that fit the requirements for the team. Yep. And that's the kind of thing if you if you get a Brassard or you get uh, you, you know sign another centerman insert French name here. That's what you, that's what they'll do. Or you're, you're to your point, Treg, trading for someone like a uh, Dvorak. I'm all for it, depending on who, what they pay for him. Yeah. But barring all that, I do fully expect that Kotkaniemi gets his two C role. They're going to let him grow into that because he's been, he's played the three years as a three C in the playoffs. He's shown he can step up he's had some, consistency issues but at some point little birdie's got to leave the nest and you've got to let him fly we look at you you look at this season i know you i know you're already going to say you're going to say about the the quality of wingers that he's going to be able to have yeah yep yeah that's exactly what i was going to say if you if he if he struggles and he has say anderson on a wing and hoffman or gallagher and one of the other guys if if you know he goes 10 15 games and, and points start don't start adding up and those lines aren't clicking then you're really gonna have to look and say do we have to make a do we have to make a deal now i'm gonna do i'm gonna give a little bonus uh prediction here um i fully expect gallagher to be his line mate because gallagher is that um that the consistency every shift is the same it's yep, all yep. out and that's it. with him being inconsistent throughout his three three nhl seasons so far they want him to emulate someone like gallagher so i fully expect gallagher to be that guy to be on his wing not to mention the fact that he's solid defensively yeah. and he can put up some offense so and you it, can even throw either a hoffman or a drew on the other it'll be wing a cycling through yeah. Right, just to counter counter counteract that was Jerome can't really play defense, and we know Hoffman really isn't very good defensively. But there's one's right. a playmaker, the other one's a shooter. So That's right. I, I can see a Drouin there. I can see Hoffman there. I can see Anderson moving there. Yeah. There's good to Foley. They're they're going to cycle through. Uh, Ducharme likes to do pairings, yeah, with his lines, yeah, and then he'll shift other people into complement those pairings. So yeah. that's that's the pairing I expect. Yeah, and I like I not to toot my horn, but a while ago I wrote an article about Cotton Emmy saying Oops. this is Cotton Emmy's year that he has to step up. Yeah, you can't you can't blame 
the the uh, uh, rotating door of wingers. You can't blame the didn't get enough ice time. He played three C. You can't blame. They brought Eric Stahl in and he stole his minutes, which he did not, by the way. Uh, you can't blame. You know, you, at some point you got to look at Kotniemi. Yeah. So this this ties directly into our next and I believe final question. Yeah, this is the last question from Jason John Bent. Can you predict the forward lines with the signed players in KK? So, Treg, you did the article. We all agree that KK is on the second line. Go. I have the top line. Thank as... you very much. And Matt. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Treg. Go ahead, no, Treg. Go, go on. The top line is Druin, Suzuki, Caulfield, but Druin can easily be flipped with Toffoli. So you could have Druin Toffoli there with, uh, and I, I strictly did that because Druin has chemistry with uh, Suzuki, and Suzuki has chemistry with Caulfield, and I think that could be a highly scored line. Suzuki can open the ice for everyone. Caulfield's your pure, pure scorer, and Druin's your setup guy. Um, the second line I have KK with Anderson and and uh, Huffman. Anderson and Gallagher can be easily swapped. So it's not really, I'm not, you know, this is just my uh, Anderson and provides the defense and opens up the ice and is the size for that team. Huffman's the poor goal scorer. And then you have Cotton Yemi. You can set him up and also has a good shot of, of his own. Third line, I have Paling uh, with Gallagher and Toffoli. I don't think Toffoli's going to score the pace he did last year. That's not really Last year was an outlayer year for, for Toffoli. Uh, however, again, that could easily be Druin and not Toffoli with Toffoli on the top line, and that could easily be Paling, Druin, and Anderson, which also would be a good line. Your fourth line, Evans, Lekkinen, and Armia, and then your extras are Paquette and Perot. That's what I, I didn't do defense in my article. I'm doing so that next. But to to go on, I'm going to just jump a little bit with a question yep. of my own. On top of that, who moves out when Byron comes back off LTIR? Byron. I don't think Byron. Oh, who moves out? Uh, probably if, if you're going with waivers, it's going to be have to be Palin because you're not you don't want to lose anyone. However, I think Byron's lost his spot. To be honest with you, I don't think he's. All depends on how Lekkonen does. If Lekkonen is inconsistent, Byron goes in for Lekkonen. Paling drops down to the minors, and Paquette goes into Evans jumps up on the th- Paquette or Evans take over his three C. Matt, what about you? What uh, what kind of uh, forward lines could you put together that could definitely be better than Treggs? Okay, so my top line uh, <laughs> would be Suzuki, Toffoli, and Caulfield, based on the fact that Suzuki can. He's a very good two-way center already at this age, and he can really he can really make a good pass. And having that avenue to be able to pass to two proven scores, obviously, before people get triggered, Caulfield is not a proven NHL scorer yet. However, small sample size, know. small sample size, he's done very well. Is that a and short I, joke? Haha. And, but I but I like the I, I like the drive that he's had and he's proven that he can play a top six role. And and I'm and I'm really uh, expecting uh, big things out of him for his rookie season. Um, second line, I'm looking at a, a Cockney with Anderson and Gallagher. 
have somebody that can go to the net, have someone that can crash the net, and give Kakaniemi a couple wingers that can put the puck in the net. Right? Yeah. My third line, I would be looking at Evans with Drouin and Hoffman. Hoffman for now. Yeah. But who plays on the wrong wing on the third line? That's the problem. See, Hoffman can play either wing. Hoffman can play either wing, right? Mm-hmm. Hoffman can play either wing. Drew, I can play on the left. So you could put Hoffman on the right, right? Put Hoffman on the right, and then you've got a defensive center that with might speed. Be, with speed. It might be one of those lines that's uh, you know a work in progress, mm-hmm. but with the with the current lineup that they have right now, that's what I would go with. And then uh, fourth line would, as of right now, the way that it sits, I could see it being uh, Paquette or Perot. I really think that Perot's going to. Uh, I think I really think they're going to try to push Perot into the lineup, and uh, he can play center even though he's more of a winger. However, I'll say either Perot or Paquette at center with um, with uh, Armia and Lekkonen, and have a and have more of a, a defensive minded. Uh, four check kind of line out of that yeah i think it all depends on who they're playing because if they if they're playing someone that's more up tempo like the toronto yeah they'll want perot in the lineup but if they yep. got uh, they got a grittier team they're playing against you're gonna want pocket in there because yep. pocket likes to mix it up he likes to yep. agitate a little bit so they'll want they'll want some of that on that that bottom line yep. um i like drew on the line on that top line like treg mentioned um with uh, Suzuki and, and Caulfield because of his playmaking, but uh, I don't know. I think I don't think they're going to start there because they're going to want to insulate him a little bit because of everything that's happened. I think he'll end up starting on the third line, like you mentioned, Matt. Um, and, and like I mentioned before in the last uh, answering the last question, it, it's all about pairings, and the rest are are easily moved around. For me, the pairings are Suzuki and Caulfield. Uh, Gallagher and Kotkaniemi. Um, the third line's a tough one. I think it's Evans because they trust him. Ducharme trusts Evans right now. I don't think Paling has earned that trust over top of him. That's why I feel like he's going to be the one sent back, that and the waivers. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be Evans and the two the, the two guys on the wings are the pair, <laughs> basically. So yeah, it it gets a little murky once you get down to the bottom six. It does. It really it does, does because you've got you've got guys that can play top six role, but yeah. with the abundance of wingers that they have, and you don't want to break up some of these these pairings as you were talking about. I mean, if you have it right now, you estimate Caulfield can be a thirty goal scorer. Now, I'm not saying he's going to score thirty goals, but he's a future thirty goal scorer. Uh, Gallagher's a thirty goal scorer. Yeah, Huffman's a thirty goal scorer. Foley's a 30 goal scorer. You put all that together, Anderson can be a 30 goal scorer. You basically have 30, one or two 30 goal scorers on every line. Yeah. And that's, that's where the Canadians have to, that they have to use that to their advantage. And that's going to be what gets them to a playoff spot is how does Ducharme manage that, the depth scoring? 
it's also going to be the centers, the experience, the, the, the inexperience of the centers, whether or not these playoff runs gave them enough experience that they can go with these centers. But they're we say that I think they're very sheltered by the wingers. I think the wingers are going to protect these young centers. And uh, uh, I think they're going to be okay. Uh, I mean, clearly that's what they... they're banking on right now because they didn't go out and trade for an experienced center or sign one. And I don't think they will. I, I really don't. I don't think the right one came available. They they probably wanted a. There there might be one or two guys that they really liked, but uh, I don't know. Um, what with this being, it's expected to be Bergevin's last year. I think he's going to look at this year as a legacy year. If he doesn't make the playoffs, that's going to be a black mark on his, on his legacy. So everything depends on how the guys do up the middle. If they do well, he's not going to trade for a center. He'll trade for a defenseman. Like you mentioned, Treg, but if the, if the centers aren't quite up to snuff because of the lack of experience, not skill, there's no lack of skill up the middle in Montreal. It's just experience. I, I could see him making a move to add some experience short term. So uh, that, that, that answers all the mailbag questions. Um, so final thoughts, Matt. Just looking forward to training camp. Sorry. It's the only thing I'm, th- the only thing I'm thinking about right now. Can't wait till hockey's back on and, uh, we get a little bit more to uh, we get a little bit more to uh, to share with our listeners. Well, the fully vaccinated uh, QMJHL uh, training camps have begun today, so yep. there you go. Uh, Treg, final thoughts. Uh, just waiting for the rookie camp to start. Uh, I don't know if we get dates on that yet for Montreal. I know some teams have put their dates out. Um, and I'm just waiting to see if Bergman makes another move before the end of the summer, before the season starts. We all know he made, he likes to make a couple late early September moves. So uh, let's see what the next move. I think it's a defenseman, but we'll see what happens. I'm hoping it's a puck moving defenseman, and not uh, yeah, that's what I'm hoping too. But not a Douglas Murray type defenseman. I'm not. I'm not going to hold my breath. It's probably <laughs> this be is a Dano Chara in a Habs jersey. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I think that does it. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. I hope that we answered the questions uh, sufficiently. If you were unsatisfied with the question that we, uh, your question that we answered, uh, blame Treg. I mean, it's his fault. He's used to it. He, he, I am. I'm very used to it. Because it's always his fault at home and at work. I get blamed daily. Yes. So I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, all our new listeners, uh, remember it was 3-1. And remember, if you were talking about it, so are we. Have you ever needed a fragrance that matches your every social media post? Well, if you're on Twitter after dark and feel a little angry, you can wear Fireburgy. This fragrance is available on every social media site. Fireburgy. On every message board. Fireburgy. So when you need to smell like your social media accounts take a bath in. Fireburgy. You'll need no other fragrance. Ah!
The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.